I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Pull a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she tryna grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them. I got bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 172 of Psychotic and Iconic. Paul's here along with my co-host Nick Theories and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned into the live stream tonight. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to subscribes to all of our platforms. We Whoa. back oh. after a wild and shitty week one. Whoa, shitty? I it was shitty in terms of performances, but I thought it was absolutely entertaining i will say yeah it just i felt like the play was so damn sloppy um i'm just gonna start this off before we get into it preseason matters and oh. i'm probably gonna say it the next uh 100 times over the next hour <laughs> Me too. but preseason matters and it was evident that's a fact unless you are injured you need to go out there and get reps preseason didn't matter for the bills but preseason matters because the whole the whole league was rusty with the exception of tyreek hill i don't disagree with that yeah, preseason really does matter. I, I I wonder moving forward if teams are going to recognize this behavior in the, in week one and actually kind of uh, you know adjust and adapt to it because like look not for nothing like a lot of these teams that we're expecting to be Super Bowl contenders are starting off zero and one. Yeah, and they could possibly be one and zero if they had the reps you know and shook off the rust a little bit. So I definitely agree there. Yeah, it's just like when I look at it and you're looking at the plays, it's like. It, I just look at it, I'm like, you guys look rusty. Like, even Lamar came out and tweeted, I'm rusty as shit. Well, yeah, bro, you haven't played since week 10 of last year. Yeah. No, I know. So it's like, it's... you got to get in there and get meaningful, get some meaningful reps. Even if you play a half a quarter, two, three series each game. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. The risk factor. But by the same token, you, you got to get in there. That's how you get your body used to getting hits. That's right. how you avoid bullshit injuries. I can't. I, I don't know if I subscribe to the risk factor because it's like the NFL added another game. So you're already adding a risk factor into it, right? Like you're adding another game of getting potentially injured regardless. So the NFL agreed to that along with the players association. So like, to me, it's like, I, I, I don't, I don't understand that risk factor shit, you know, for me, I you know don't. what it is, dude. It's all bullshit. I mean, look, even if they play for a drive or two, get something like do it consistently for three for the, for, you know, for all three games, right? Get a drive, a quarter in, like do something just That's so you can saying, get a dude. little bit of a, like a flow and momentum to showcase, okay, what we did in training camp is going to translate to the games because in preseason we did that, right? Yeah. And so I, I just, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a, a definitely a, uh, a low period between training camp and week one. I mean, you had Joe Burrow throw for 80 yards. That doesn't make any sense. And he's the highest paid player in the NFL. Yeah, but like for me, even aside from that, it's just it, it, you got well, Joe Burrow also missed camp because he was injured. But like I'm just saying these guys come out and they just look so out of sorts. Right. And when you're out of sorts like that, and you're making mistakes mentally, you're you're at more risk for injury. I don't disagree with that so, at all, man. I mean, um, look, I mean it, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't fit all teams. I would say because Pittsburgh looked outstanding in the preseason. They looked like the team that everybody was saying to watch out for, and they got the blown the, the fucking doors blown off. Let's actually let's let's cut this off and let's <laughs> yeah, start going let's into see. all these games. All right, so let's snap. The Jets lose Aaron Rodgers. I uh, tears his Achilles on the fourth offensive play of the game. I actually missed it because I was putting Gianni to bed. I come out, my phone was had a hundred text messages, and I'm like, I see yikes. 
and I didn't think it was that. And I'm like, oh my God, this sucks. I texted um, you, yikes. Absolute <laughs> yikes. That was my two text messages I sent you. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So the Jets wound up beating the Bills. Zach Wilson comes in, saves the day. Played okay. Played yeah, okay. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, so they went 22 to 16 in overtime. What do you think it means for the Jets moving forward and the future of Aaron Rodgers? Well, look, the Jets, they have a good roster. They play excellent defense, as you saw last night. They're going to do that you know, consistently. Their, de their, their defensive line is outstanding, and they have great secondary. So for me, like, you know, the defensive side is only going to take a hit in terms of the offense not being able to sustain drives like Aaron Rodgers would possibly do over Zach Wilson. But other than that, I mean, they still have Brees Hall, who ran extremely well. He had two carries for 103 yards in his first two carries. And then after that, I mean – he finished off with 10 carries for 127. Dalvin Cook didn't look, you know, extremely well, but he is a veteran presence that can help here and there. But, you know, they have Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson. Um, so I, I, I definitely think they can, you know, make some noise. But, you know, losing Aaron Rodgers was their Super Bowl hopes. Yeah, I agree. Um, honestly, the way that defense played, it made me more, it made me more like, um, what do I say, more confident in the me saying the Jets were going to go to the Super Bowl because mm. that defense is lights out. Right. Um, now, I know it's only week one, um, but like the Garrett, Will just to touch on a few things, the Garrett Wilson catch was one of the best catches I've ever seen live. I was actually on FaceTime with you going over the show and I'm like, yo, holy shit. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. He's awesome, but I, I don't know if I'm ready to put him in the like elite category yet. Uh, well, I, we I'm just not there season, yet. We got to see how the season plays out, but that catch last he's a night great player. shows the type of talent he is. Yeah. Brees Hall looked like he didn't miss a beat. I was, he I was phenomenal. pretty like blown away by him. Actually. I was so wrong on him in fantasy. I'll be, I'll be honest. He's still shifty. Um, yeah. Dalvin Cook. Every time Dalvin Cook took the field, after watching Brees Hall, I wanted Dalvin Cook to get off the field. Yep. He looked slow. He looked like he couldn't get in and out of the gaps. He had one like ten yard run. That's it. Where it was like that was like a little burst, and it wasn't even that. But outside of that run, Mike, he had twelve carries for twenty three yards outside of the ten yard run. So yeah, I agree with you there. He was very lethargic. He, he was and two I yards a carry. I don't know if it's because he didn't he didn't get any work in because he he held out all summer. Well, he had his hurt shoulder too, so maybe he was kind of like testing it out a little bit. Well, but thing, at like, that point, yeah. we talked about this last year. Like, I don't want to say like Dalvin Cook was washed, but we said last year in fantasy, like I felt like he was kind of quiet. Well, the last year. three years he was kind of tumbling down each year a little bit by increments. Yeah, it wasn't like significant to the point where you were going to label him washed. It was ticking, but it was ticking, and yep. then now he got hurt, right? And then that's why he would, he became a free agent, yeah. right? Because the Minnesota was like, all right, well, you are injury prone now. And the last three years is not as productive as you were. And now that, you know, the, with everybody paying the running backs and the, and the conversation behind it, they decided to cut bait. I feel like, so with Aaron Rodgers going down, that definitely takes the Super Bowl hopes away. Um, I would actually not call a vet. I wouldn't call Carson Wentz. I wouldn't call Tom Brady. I wouldn't call any of them. I would let your number two overall pick after he just was behind Rodgers. Everything seemed great from hard knocks, all the stuff coming out of camp. See what he can do. And next year, I think Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm saying that. I don't know if you do. I'll ask you in a second. Hmm. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I feel like he's not going to go out like that. I feel like he actually formed a really close bond with those dudes. And I just feel like he's going to come back and try and play another season, which at that point would be awkward if Zach Wilson has success, because what do you do? Do you trade him? Do you put him back on the bench? What do you do? But if you Zach can't Wilson, trade him now. But then again, if Zach Wilson struggles, it's like, 
well, do you still try and save him and put him behind Aaron Rodgers? Because at that point, it's going to be his third year. And it's like, all right, well, you you have to show some improvement. Right. So I think it's a very tricky situation for the Jets. Um, but Aaron Rodgers last year didn't – I'm sorry, this offseason did not sound like somebody that was retiring next year. Right. However, it is a long road back from an Achilles injury. Richard Sherman was speaking about it today. I was watching a short on Instagram. Yeah, yep, me too. And he was saying how hard it is to come back from. That's that. one of the hardest injuries to come back from. And he just said, he said, because for six months, your legs feel your leg feels numb. Right. And you're not training for football. Correct. You're, so, you're, you're rehabbing. So six months is what, February? Mm-hmm. Then you have the draft in April. And it's like, all right, so March, April, May, he's trying to get conditioning back and things like that because he's going to be off of his feet. He's going to be 40. It's like, you know, does he really want to do that again? Yeah, well, he's turning 40 in December. So then that begs me the question, what's the incentive for the Jets to bring him back? Because last year in Green Bay, it was his worst year, right, statistically? And then he's coming off an Achilles injury. He's 40 years old. What do the Jets realistically expect from Rodgers next year? Seriously. I mean, like, if, if you have a Super Bowl-ready roster – then to me, they're they're in a really tricky situation here. It is very because, like I said, you're kind of it's with Zach Wilson. It's almost like a lose lose. If he succeeds, um, I don't know. No, I'm saying, but I'm just saying solely for Zach Wilson. If you succeed, do you put him on the bench? If he doesn't succeed, is he even with the team anymore? See, I think if he succeeds and they and he makes the playoffs with the Jets, I actually think Zach Wilson will be named the starter next year. I agree. If Zach Wilson were to make the playoffs with the Jets. You can't fuck his confidence up and right. try and go backwards and put him back on the bench. Right, because the AFC stacked. If he, that's what I'm saying, if he makes the playoffs in in that division, let alone that conference, yeah, Zach Wilson's your quarterback moving forward. Which then begs the question: Does Aaron Rodgers just retire, or does he go to a third team? Does he go to the 49ers? I think what's going to happen. Oh, no, because never mind. Because Brock Purdy. No, so I think mind. what would happen if Zach if Zach Wilson were to have success and he led the the the, uh, the Jets to the playoffs, yeah. I think what would happen is Aaron Rodgers would probably retire, and I think he would probably be a coach with the Jets. I, I, I actually coach. believe that because That's I really think good point because I, like that. I think Rogers actually really respects Zach Wilson and he really wants to groom him. I mean, when I watched hard knocks, that was the, the vibe I got. That's what I'm talking about. I got That's the brotherhood exactly vibe type of coachy vibe. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, if he has success, I can see Rogers being a part of his journey somehow, maybe not playing, but being a coach, like a quarterback's coach or something. Like, I think he would be excellent at that. So I, I actually, I, 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 it just really, to me, Rodgers coming back depends on Zach Wilson. Look, if Zach Wilson shits the bed, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. I think he's not, he doesn't want to go out like that. And I think he feels like he owes something to New York now because yeah. they embraced him. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, I feel like there's a love there and a bond for that city now that he created in the off season that led to, to this brotherhood. And I think that he would, feel like he owes them something how awesome was him running out of running out of the tunnel with the flag it was fucking awesome man if you don't have chills down your spine but like seeing that man like i, I, wa- I didn't get gotta, to watch it live heart. and i'm pissed that i missed it but like when i saw that epic. i'm like damn i'm like oh my god we could still love america and not get in trouble for it epic yeah. it was epic yeah, yeah i was waiting yeah, for him yeah. to come out with like a different country's flag because yeah. you know we got to be equal and shit like that we can't love our own country right. we're not allowed to love america that's, right that's no i know bad. i get it it's very bad but i just was like damn like that's awesome that was such an awesome thing to see and the next thing i know i'm like I got text messages from everybody. I'm like, well, I'm like, Jets out of fuel. Hey, yo, Philly Phil, put up a poll to see if uh, if who thinks Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and if he's going to retire. I'm actually interested to see that. I I think the whole thing depends on Zach Wilson's success, and I don't I don't know with Zach Wilson. I I don't know yet because it's like what I've seen. I think has been terrible. 
Last night, I was shocked. I was actually shocked that he won that game. Yeah, like, and I think that helps his confidence, obviously. But by the same token, it's like, all right, man, you got to you got to see what it is. And I know the AFC is loaded, but that's how you make your name. The problem with Zach Wilson is I don't know his ceiling. Like, what's his ceiling? Like, my what opinion, can he be? Like, when I watched him last night, I'm like, kind of looks similar to what I saw last year. But he did improve in terms of uh, the, you know, his playmaking ability, his throws, being patient, stuff like that. Like, I think last year he was kind of more erratic. You know, he was making dumb passes. He was throwing in the triple coverage. And I knew he had to pick, which happens. I mean, the Bills are a good defense, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I'm not going to let his one mistake cloud anybody's judgment on how he actually performed. Because he outperformed 19-3 to the second half against the Bills. Like, 19-3, to that will do it for you. Regardless of how many turnovers Josh Allen had, doesn't matter. He converted, and they got and they put points on the board to win the football game, and that's really what matters. Yeah. So if he could be a game manager and get them in the game and always be, like, neck and neck with a team, anything can happen. And, and that's how I see this season The hard out. thing is, is like you're saying with Zach Wilson with the ceiling, like, can he be Dak Prescott? No. Can he be a back-end top 10? I don't see it. I don't see that either, and that's where... And I'm, not, and I'm saying, like, Dak, to me, top 10, back-end of it. But again, if you're a top 10 quarterback in the league, dude, that's good. But I actually don't think like the Jets need a top 10 quarterback to even, to even have success. Like I think they're built for a mid-tier quarterback to come in there and do what he needs to do to win the game because they have a good defense. They have good weapons. Like I just like I question their offensive line. Their offensive line was is just awful. And like not for nothing, like that's the reason why Aaron Rodgers was pressured in almost every single play he was in. Because they couldn't block anybody, and the and result, they actually he actually got injured with Dwayne Brown, who's probably his best lineman. Right, but Rodgers, it was a three step drop. He shouldn't have turned like that. He has to get rid of the ball, and it's supposed to be a quick play, quick decisive they play. They said that, yeah, the three step. It's drop. supposed to be. That's but what he that's, tried to make something happen. Like it's it just sucked. It's just it's a and you see the players coming out about the fake turf. Yeah, I know. I don't know how true that is, but look, all those players complain about it, so it may it it must mean something. Uh, they prefer to play on grass. Which I probably would too, right? I I, I don't know. I'd never really played on That's turf, what I'm so saying. I don't I'm just really saying know. It's just odd that like every single player. That is like one thing that all the players are aligned on. Mm -hmm. Real grass, not turf. Probably because you can get your cleats into the ground and make those you cuts. Dig, yeah, and, yeah, and not like break an ankle or something. Like he, like that right? just he, happened. Yeah, like yeah, that it was kind of a freak accident. To a degree, yeah, it was because he was trying to spin out of this, you know, out I of the knew sack. It was over. I was like, oh, I knew it was over when he looked up. And he sat down and like rolled down onto his back. I'm like, okay. I didn't moved. think it was an, an Achilles. I thought he broke his foot because of the way his foot. Bit. I thought he, I thought he broke his ankle. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I thought it was an ankle injury. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it came out that it was a torn Achilles. And I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. And they were coming and they, when they took him out of the tent and he got on the car and he was in the boot. I'm like, oh my God, it's over. I'm like, I'll I knew it. it was over. Yeah. When, I, when I, 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 I felt so bad. Dude. I did, man. And I, I, I wasn't high on the jets this year um, for multiple reasons and the offensive line being one of them. But I was heart I was heartbroken for for Aaron Rodgers because I know how much it meant like this season meant to him. Yeah, I, yeah you could sure. just tell, and I think it meant a lot to the Jets players and the coaches as well. Like Robert Saleh coming out and saying that he's only thinking about Aaron Rodgers right after a thrilling victory over the Buffalo Bills tells me everything I need to know. Yep, you know what I mean. Like it's so I feel like the relationship between Rodgers, the coach, and everybody in the Jets organization, they've really developed a special bond in the offseason. And you could tell this was a crushing blow to 
almost everybody in the in the locker room. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, man. I I I I, I hate that for him. I really I do because I was actually looking forward to seeing Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform going toe to toe with a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow in the playoffs. Or you know, yeah, and one of those scenarios, like because that could realistically happen. It was, and I, I would have loved to see it. I really would have. I, I I don't want to see Rodgers going against Kirk Cousins in the NFC. Like now we're getting to see Aaron Rodgers going against the top premier quarterbacks yep. in the league, and I wanted to see him go head to head with that. And it sucks we're getting robbed of the opportunity. Um, let's switch over a little bit. I want to go to the Bills. Josh Allen has four turnovers, uh, three interceptions, and a fumble, and is and falls to zero and five in overtime. I need answers. You want to start this one? He was god awful last night. Um, the first half, I would say he played pretty well. Like I knew he threw the interception, but the interception to me is like a wash because like it was a long third down, and to me it was like a punt. That was his worst interception of the night. I think that was his best one. The first Phil, one. Phil, can you bring up that clip I sent you? I think it, that was his first. I think it was his best one. That was in his, terms in terms of the situation. I'm going to show you this, and I'm and you're gonna you're gonna agree with me here. This was his worst interception of the night, and this was when I freaked out in fantasy and knew I was over. This was in the this second was, quarter? This was the first interception he threw. Now, Phil, when he scrambles out and he starts running, when he's when he's getting ready to throw the ball, Nick, I want you to look. There's not a defender within 15 yards of him. If he takes off, he has one defender to beat, and he scores a touchdown. Hmm. Watch this clip. Watch when he rolls out. Right Allen now. Looking now. left is going to launch. There Hardy is one defender. Field, overthrown. It's picked. Intercepted by Whitehead. That was his, as good as a punt. It's as good as and, a punt. And that's wrong. That's where I agree, though. No. What What was it? Third and what? Third and seven, third and ten. But if he runs, he gets the first down and 40 more yards. There's not even, when he turns like this and opens his body to throw, there's not even a defender in the screen view. Hmm. Why he didn't run there and then tries to leapfrog a defender on third and 15 is beyond me. That was the exact moment, A, I knew I was losing in fantasy, and B, I'm like, okay, if you're not going to run those balls anymore, you're not going to be good in this league. He ran That's a lot, part though. of his game. He ran a lot. He only had four runs. He had six, six carries. Six carries. That's got to go up. Right. He's, it's two, and I'm not, I, I know he needs to avoid hits, but you can avoid hit. You can slide. You don't always need to run over a linebacker. But on plays like that, that was when I knew, because when as soon as he threw that interception, I looked up and I was on the uh, DVR and I'm like, there's not even a defender in the, like, what was he thinking there? But it goes back to my whole theory with the Bills offense is trash. They're either a 70 yard bomb or they're Josh Allen running around. And for some reason, he didn't run around there when he should have, because he could have easily got rid of that cornerback. That cornerback was so far away from him. And it's like, dude, that it was good as a punt if it was fourth down. He has a skill set to avoid that, you know, the tackle. Even if you, even down. if the, I got it. even if the cornerback comes in, he was getting that first down. Even if he ran into him and ran him over like a running back, that was the exact moment where I'm like, okay. And then the other one, like the other one, the dude uh, Whitehead, he made a good play on the one where he tried to thread the needle where he's coming across the field. Those interceptions, I don't even get mad at. Now, look, there were three defenders around him. I know, I'm mad at that throw. one. That was that was the one that I was mad about the most. That because was a you have dumb Gabe throw. Davis with three people there, and it's like, bro, he was never open. And it's it's Gabe Davis. It's not Stephon right, Diggs. Right, right. So that I'm with you on there. But the reason that one made me so mad, it's because when you look at that clip, it was avoidable. It was so, but that that actually the cornerback that was on Diggs and the high safety were in the end zone. Mm -hmm. 
there was nobody there. Like, bro, that those are the things where I just get so mad with Josh Allen because I'm like, bonehead, erratic decisions. And it's like, until those plays are cleaned up, he's never going anywhere. The problem is with him is like the talent is just is, is there. I think the problem is now with this year, and we heard him in the offseason, he wanted to limit his amount of running. Right. And that was probably the result of it. That's what I thought of right there. And what did I say? I said, when you instill a playmaker to do things that it's out of his in, out of his instincts, he's going to make mistakes like that. But if he was playing instinctively, he would have ran. Yep. And that's where I had a problem with. You know what I mean? And I yeah. said that on the offseason because when he said that, I was like, stick what you're good at. You get 40 touchdowns a year running and throwing the football. Like all you got to do is clean up your, you know, your mistakes, your boneheaded plays, and you're 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 going to be back in the playoffs. It's it's not even so much that uh, back in the playoffs, dude. If he cleans up those mistakes and even gets these turnovers down like twenty percent, I would say fifty percent. Yeah, I'm just cut saying, it in like, half. just even if you just cut it in half. I was only saying a quarter. I know twenty is not a quarter, but I'm just saying like if you just cut it down a quarter of a percent to ha- to a half of the uh, you know fifty percent. That dude is he is a top two, top three talent at quarterback. Like, there's not talents that are above him, but his decision making. And we went back to this a little bit a few weeks ago, and I tried to find it and I couldn't find the clip where I said, Dude, I swear, when I watch him sometimes, I swear to God, dude, it's like watching Carson Wentz, a guy who is supremely talented, but you just look at him sometimes. He makes plays. We were on FaceTime again, that little flip. He makes plays where you look and you're like, holy shit, like that only that dude can make that play. And then he makes plays where you look at him and you're like, bro, who are you? Yeah. What was going through your head? And then I looked this up. I went on, I, I checked out this stat because I was interested in his turnovers. 2018, he has 12 games played, 14 turnovers. 2019, he has 16 games played, 13 turnovers. 2020, 16 games played, 16 turnovers. 2021, 17 games played. 18 turnovers, 2022, 16 games played, 19 turnovers, 2023, one game played, four turnovers. You're never going to win in this league with those numbers. He his, he has more turnovers than games played. He's on a list with Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Justin Fields. That's not the company that he should be in. Well, my rebuttal to that with all the turnovers is, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them are interceptions, but there's a lot of them that are fumbles too. And to me, that comes back to the Bills just not establishing the run with their running backs. And when you put all the, the you know, the whole offense into one player, you're, you're going to make mistakes. It's the NFL, right? Like if when you have all the weight on you in running and passing, those mistakes are just going to happen. It's just because you have a lot more opportunity to make those mistakes because you always have the ball in your hand. They ran the ball 16 times last night, though. And they need to run it for 20. I agree. They need to make him throw less. They need to make him throw less and be patient and get Diggs involved early in terms of when I watch Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, their best success, it's the quick throws and it's the slants. It works like it, it's it's 10 yards a pop. And they easy. don't, for some reason, easy. They, they resort to just having Stefan Diggs run post and goes. Well, that's where I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, damn, like maybe the maybe the Buffalo receiving core needs work. I said that, dude. He only got one. Gabe Davis is that we were talking about that with Alan Lazard. And it's like Gabe Davis, Alan Lazard, whatever. Right. I, like when you only have. Stefan Diggs, it's like, yo, 
get him some help. Like you're going out and getting Von Miller. Okay, I get it. You got to help out your quarterback at some point. Get like, offensive line, something. Josh Allen's offensive line is mediocre. It is. Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow's offensive line is trash. But what does Josh Allen have? Uh, Joe Burrow have weapons at his disposal all over the field. And he's patient. Yes, and well, he's a he's better from the pocket because he's a pocket guy. Josh Allen is more backyard style. Right. But he's got a good running back, a lethal one, a lethal two, and a lethal three. Josh Allen has a lethal one. And it looks like a pretty good running back in James Cook. Decent. But that's it. And it's like, okay, bro, you going to get him a wide receiver? You should be making calls for Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. What are you doing when these guys – T. Higgins is a free agent. Now, they probably can't because of the cap hit that Josh Allen's going to hit next year. The Bills are in trouble financially like that. But like a T. Higgins or something like that, they need to get Josh Allen another weapon opposite of Diggs. And Mm -hmm. it just it'll open your whole offense up. Nobody's scared of Gabe Davis. Right. He's he's a boom, he's a boom and bust kind of guy. Um, and Gabe Davis is good. Like he's not trash. What I want to point out too is that the Bills traded up for Dalton Kincaid. And to me, it's like what for? Like Dawson Knox and him had the same amount of targets, and it's like, all right, you got an, another tight end, but for what reason? Go that's get a, an outside playmaker and go do something because you had Dawson Knox who could do the same thing. That's a great point. So to me, like moving up and getting Dalton Kincaid this doesn't really make any sense right now. It just doesn't like not for where they are. I, I just think they need another playmaker on the outside. I mean, look, if Gabe Davis could be a number two and you have a, a an actual, you know, slot receiver that can get open and be shifty and get you the first downs outside of uh, Stefan Diggs, then you could be successful. You can have patience, but his patience are running low because if Diggs is covered, who else is he going to throw the ball? He to? has to run. He has two tight ends now and, and he then, has Gabe Davis and, and Gabe Davis is, he looks invisible. He has four targets, two catches, 32 yards. And one catch was for, was for 26. So he's really a non-factor. Yeah. It, it's, it's just bottom line. And the other part is, it's like, you're saying like with the receiving corner, it's like, all right, well, once it breaks down, Josh Allen's got to run, but now they're, now you're talking about pulling him back on that. It's like, he could still run and do all that. It just, Know when to you have to run somebody over to get the first down. Know when to slide. Know when to get out of bounds. You don't comp- you don't just have to completely stop running. Mm-hmm. Like and I just noticed that like I, I like I said I was watching it more intensely last night because I needed points from him to win in fantasy. But he had 14 points at halftime and finished the game with nine. Yeah, and it was just I'm just standing there watching and I'm like, what are you doing? And then that first interception and that's when I just knew and I'm like, he's in his head. And then after after the uh, the post-game press conference, he just looked like he looked like he didn't know what happened. He was so fucking mad. He he said like destroyed. What do you know what he said? It's the same shit. Same shit. Well, that, that you know and what? I'm looking at him and I'm like, all right, bro, well, that's on you to fix it. Yeah. That's on you to don't tell me your coach. But I give him props for it though. He owned it. He owned it. He I owned like that. It. I, I, and, I, and I have no problem yeah. with that because he was definitely he is the reason why the Bills lost this game. Absolutely. And if anybody yeah. says anything otherwise, they're <laughs> They don't watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else you. Well, there's no even other way to to get around that. It, it was. It was just. It was probably the worst Josh Allen game I've ever seen. But honestly, dating back to like week nine of last year, he just hasn't played well. He hasn't in his last five, five games. He has nine interceptions. Right. But again, when your lead back has twelve carries, you're not establishing the run. Mm-hmm. Right, like between James Cook and Damian Harris, they had 13 carries. Then he had sprinkled with you know uh, Latavius Murray with two carries, which by the way, <laughs> that was the first time you saw him. <laughs> I didn't know, dude. If you would have told me that, and I would I would have bet that yeah. he wasn't on that. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea until you said that. When I'm like, who was number 28? Lat Pasillo. And you said that. I just started laughing. I'm like, no, it's not. 
And you're like, like, you were no, like holy this, shit, yo, it really is. Because I just saw him, and I'm like, the dude's ageless. He is, You just yo. plug him on any team, and he gives you good five, six-yard burst at a time. Right, but there's no running game with this team. 12 carries for James Cook and 46 yards. Like, to me, it's just not efficient enough for them to, 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 to actually stick with it. Yeah. So I think the, the Bills are really squandering this opportunity that they had the last couple of years because they knew they knew their weaknesses. They're, they're, they're offensive line. They can't run the ball. They don't have another weapon outside of Stefan Diggs. I know they try to get Dalton Kincaid. Again, he's a rookie tight end. You can't expect him to be Travis Kelsey. He's not helping you win a Super Bowl. This That's year. what I'm saying. You ain't going so, to war with him against Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews in your own division. Not, and not for nothing, Dalton Kincaid ain't even Evan Ingram right now. No, he's not. I, I, I would say he's not even Dalton, uh, Dalton Knox. So to That's me, fair. it's like, you know, I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I think the the Bills have actually failed in the offseason to get Josh Allen legit, you know, offensive playmakers that can actually help this team. But their defense is good. And I did question, I said this too, and I should have just, I should have stuck by, I said, I knew the Bills were coming for a regression year. Not trying to go, Look, you it's know, week go one too crazy now. on week one. I'm week not one. saying that. They looked out of sorts. Mm -hmm. Their offense looks, looked dead. They just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you about that. There's one thing to watch, and that's Mr. Stefan Diggs, because if the Bills start losing a little bit, I guarantee you he requests a trade. Not even a question. I guarantee it. Not even a question. And he will cause a ruckus. A hundred percent. I mean, you saw it last year on the sideline in the playoffs. I mean, like you you're telling me now a year later, they're losing again and he wants to win and he's not going to ask to be and traded. He's that's at Josh Allen do that shit. And he's probably just look again, you're not what are you doing in the offseason? Right. How many times can you say you got to focus on this, and you just don't see the improvement. Right. I mean, he got the ball, too. 13 targets, 10 catches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, this guy's money. But if you get Every him game. somebody else on the opposite side, this offense can go places. 100%. Like, because it would be hard to stop. You have two tight ends, right? That's where I'm not mad about the two tight ends. If you have two tight ends, and you also have somebody outside of Stephon Diggs that's a competent receiver and can, and can get separation, get open – you have something here. You've got weapons at your disposal, and then you can establish the run, do them play action. You know what I mean? Like yeah. keeping the defense on their toes. But when you become, I want to say, predictable, that's the result you're going to get because they they started to become predictable in that game. You know, when it's second and nine, it's like the Buck last year. Second and nine, they're going to throw the ball. Second and you know they weren't getting any any positive yards on the ground, and that's why they struggled offensively. And that's what I saw last night against the Bills with the Bills. All right, that does it for that. I don't want to talk about them anymore. I am devastated that Josh Allen couldn't come through. Um, the Jets defense did though for me. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was good for you. Yo, I was happy. I was happy for you about that. That was actually insane. I actually didn't feel like Nick for that. Like the problem was, is like I wanted to get excited, but like I was just so I was just like I can't believe I just lost in the fashion that I lost because I've been screaming for like the past year how overrated I think Josh Allen is, and for that to occur when I need when I really need him to shut me up. Yeah. And he, that was like the one time I really wanted him to shut me up. Like, I wanted you to come in here today and just tear me apart. I for like, to. Because Josh Allen played awesome and got 30 points. I but know. Hopefully, well, look, if, 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 if you're looking to trade him, you can always hit my jack. I will always be available. Just give me your kicker. That's all I need. That's these fine. Things. I'll win the whole thing. All right. Lions beat KC last Thursday night, 21 to 20. Um, we called that the knee biters, baby. The knee biters did it. Um, I just want to say this one thing before we uh talk about go more into this. I don't care if Travis Kelsey plays or not, they need a wide receiver. Mm. And I'm just gonna say that last year I said it, I thought the offense would be trash. Juju's not ass, but Juju is not great. 
but Juju is somebody that you can at least go to that has NFL experience, has played in played in Pittsburgh, which is a world-class organization, played in the playoffs, learned from Antonio Brown. He's been there. When you run into a stadium and you got Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, who I actually thought I actually think is pretty good, but I don't know what happened <laughs> last Thursday, and you're running out with these guys. You have nothing. You could put three guys on Travis Kelsey. None of those wide receivers are beating you. Mm. And MVS and Isaiah Pacheco didn't look great. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't look great. Right. They need to get a wide receiver. I, I don't disagree the with that at all. The fact that they didn't want DeAndre Hopkins is mind-blowing to me. I don't know if they didn't want him. I think the price tag was too steep. No, he said that they didn't, they weren't interested in his service. Really? Services. They didn't call then, at all? The 49ers, the Cowboys, and one other team. Well, that's because they won without a lethal wide receiver last year. But they had somebody. So it's kind of arrogance to a degree. It is. Right? And for that, I just want them to get ripped. I just want them to get torched. Oh, I'm so happy. I mean, look. I, Do you think it says more about the Lions or more about the Chiefs? The one thing I hate about after, you know, what happened after this game was everybody said, oh, yeah, this, this win has an asterisk next to it. Like, how can you say that? Right. And everybody's saying, oh, well, you know, this play, that play in third. I'm like, all right, well, what happened to, you know, the Lions guy fumbling in the red zone? Like that's points off the board. Like you didn't you didn't factor that into your into your little uh, uh, dialogue. So, like, I, I, I just never understood it. I give the Lions credit, full credit for when, for, for winning this game. Um, you know, if you had the number one quarterback at home during a ring ceremony and then you got the Lions, the good old, you know, shitty Lions coming in. And they took it to them, man. The hungrier team won. Like we said last week, we said it. The hungrier team is going to win this football game. And the Lions were the hungrier team. And you could just tell. I mean, look at Kadarius Tony's performance. He was awful. He didn't look like he, a guy that was starving to catch the ball. He didn't look like he looked guy. like he was shaky. He looked like he hasn't eaten in three weeks. Right. So, and then you got MBS, and then you got um, well, Rasheed Rice had a couple he looked good, right. good plays, but he again, three catches for 29 yards isn't gonna do it. You know, and I think the Lions are an upcoming team. I think they played fantastic defense, regardless of Kelsey not being there. Um, but I'm not going to take this win away from the Lions. They definitely earned it. They were on the road against a, a high against the Super Bowl champs, and they won the game fair not, and square. I, I don't care who wasn't there. I'm not taking anything away from them. They won in. They went into Arrowhead. They won the game against the defending champs. What else needs to be said? Arrowhead's one of the hardest stadiums to play in. But again, this is this is everybody protecting Patrick Mahomes yeah. because it's like, oh, he lost because of this because he didn't have Travis Kelsey. Well, did we say the same thing when Brady didn't have Gronk? I want to I want to touch on that. I also want to say this: what he was throwing to all night has what Lamar Jackson has been throwing to his entire career. That's number one. And can we have a conversation about this? Because I would I've been told by everybody. Patrick Mahomes is so good, he can win with everybody. He can win with anybody. Mm -hmm. But the moment he has to win with anybody, he doesn't have anybody. So what am I fucking missing on this? Either you can win with anybody or you can't. That's like the great, the best coach I've ever seen, the offensive genius, Kyle Shanahan. You could plug anybody in at quarterback and they'll be great. You put Trey Lance in. Well, Trey Lance hasn't played in a few years. You put in C.J. Beathard. Oh, he's trash. You just told me he could win with anybody. Mm -hmm. No, he, they need they, you need good players. You need good players. Any quarterback needs good players. If that if Dak Prescott was in did had Josh Allen's stat line lost in Patrick Mahomes fashion at the home opener, they would rip him apart. If that was Jalen Hurts, they'd be questioning his skills. Can he do it? Is it a Super Bowl hangover? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. No. 
Patrick Mahomes lost. He can't win with anybody. He can't win with anybody. He needs he needs Travis Kelsey. Right. And that's okay. I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. But it's like, stop saying that he can win with, with, with us three. Obviously, he can't. True. Obviously, he can't. It's not true. You can't make guys catch a ball. Right. So, I just wanted to touch on that. I don't think Mahomes is particularly sharp either, though. I think he played well. I don't think he played Mahomes' status. Bro, the dude ran for 20 yards when there was nobody in front of him, and everybody's going crazy like, oh, my God, this guy is so magical. He could – the announcer said that. Oh, what do you – Chris Collinsworth. Yeah. Look at this guy. He could do it all. Because he, and then he, he faked the flip, yeah. and then he ran for an extra and 10 yards. And then afterwards, yards. after the game and they lost, it's – the one dude's I'm putting an asterisk next to this because they had no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey. It's like – you just said he's magical and right. he can win with anybody, right. but he loses, and you're already finding the reasons that he lost. Right. And not for nothing, their defensive their defensive line played well. The Lions are a high-powered offense. They pretty much got shut down in the first half. They had uh, seven points. They gave up 21 points without their best player. That that there was opportunities to win this game. It wasn't honestly, everybody thought it was more important for Chris Johnson. Um, what's his face? Chris, Chris Jones, John, yeah. Chris Jones to come back. Excuse me. It's more important for Travis Kelsey to come back, not Chris Jones. I agree with that. Travis Kelsey is more important to that team right now than Chris Jones, and it was evident. I agree with Thursday that because night. I think the Chiefs linebackers actually improved from last year. Yes. Bolton, um, they actually have really good games, and I think their secondary actually had a really nice game too. And uh, McDuffie, he had, a, he had a good game. They did. They did, but the problem is, is that Patrick Mahomes now has gotten to the point where you can't critique him, you can't criticize him. Everything he does is He's great. He's invincible. He is. And it's like, I just, I, I don't understand it. And I just go back to the same thing, man. He can win with anybody until he's got to win with anybody. And then it's, he doesn't have anybody. This was a winnable game though, for Patrick Mahomes. The whole world thought they were going to, I thought they were going to win the game when they got, when the lions went for it. I said, I'm like, Oh my God, why would they do that? That is so, I still think it was a stupid decision. I I do too. That I was still bad. think it was a stupid decision, but I, I respect it though, because the lions don't play scared because their coach embodies that. Well, I believe Dan Campbell was going for it because that's – dude, the dude ran a fake kick. That's what I'm saying. A fake punt but on that's his own how, 20. But that's how you beat those teams. You do yes. shit like that you to throw them off yes. and be successful at it because they're Grit. not expecting it. Grit. Exactly. I love that guy. I'm rooting for the Lions. So I bad. love that guy. This guy – the Lions are – are this, this win was so big for them for the rest of the season because this gives them the extra confidence throughout the entire season knowing that they can hold that – they beat the Chiefs in their house during the ring ceremony on opening night. Jared Goff, 2-0 against Mahomes. Undefeated. Where do you rank Jared Goff? I got him at 12 right now. But he's going to crack my top 10 if, they, if the Lions fuck around and go 6-3 and three or 6-2. and Because I, I, I actually – I don't think the Lions are a juggernaut. I think Jared Goff just works. I, I just – that's how I see it. Because when I look at his receivers, okay, you got Amon Ra. But they got Josh Reynolds. Khalif Raymond, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta's a first. Brock player. Wright, Marvin Jones, who had two catches for eight yards. I mean, look, they, he doesn't have the best wide receivers either. He, may, Josh Reynolds had four catches for 80 yards with seven targets. So, like, yeah, he's utilizing his guys, and they're not premier players in the league, but he's making it work. And why is that? Because he's getting them guys open, and he's hitting the guys where the, where the ball needs to be. I want to touch on this for us. If Josh Allen could learn the intermediate play like Jared Goff, he's a monster. He's unstoppable. 
He just needs to be a little bit more patient. If he, but, uh, that's what I'm saying. If he yeah. could just take the time to get those intermediate throws mm -hmm. and get his second receiver, like a Josh Reynolds, have Gabe Davis have four catches for 60 yeah. yards, 80 yards, the Bills' offense will be special. Mm -hmm. If Josh Allen can get patient in the pocket and not break away. Or he breaks away and keeps his eyes down the field. But that's what I'm saying from Jared Goff. Jared Goff, to me, is in, that same, uh, is in the same thing. Back end of the top 10, I don't have him right in the top 10 yet. But Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Which is actually kind of crazy to actually, when I actually think about it, because we automatically put Joe Burrow as a number two player just because he had the Super Bowl appearance and shit like that. But so did Jared Goff, right? Yep. And he's been to the championship game. Like, he's done that shit multiple times. The problem was is that it ended a little bit sour in Los Angeles, and then he went to Detroit, and the first year wasn't that good. And people just thought it was Jared Goff in Detroit. Right. And that's – and well. He got overshadowed because Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl mm -hmm. that year. That's where everybody was looking at Jared Goff like, damn, maybe it was Goff the reason why they would, they didn't win the Super Bowl, which could be true. But you know what Jared Goff did? He put his head down. He worked. He came back. The Lions got better. If Carson Wentz had the same mentality that Jared Goff did, Carson Wentz would still be in the NFL. I agree with that because his talent was is excellent. But he doesn't no have he, – he's not, he's not made of the right shit right. to handle that, and that was evident of – the temper tantrum with the Hurts pick. But Jared Goff put his head down, worked, and look at the Lions. Their favorites. I We said this before. Opening night against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Lions, they haven't won a playoff game since since literally, since the year we were born. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. The Lions are a very scary team because they are going to rally around their head coach. When I watched that uh, post-game uh, conference, with Dan Campbell with all his players around oh saying did God. we expect to, did we did we expect to win that game? Hell fucking yeah we did, right? You look at Jared Goff's eyes when you actually go back and replay the clip. Look at Jared Goff's eyes looking at him like this. Like he's like he's in it, bro. Like he is fucking fired up. You can tell Dan Campbell's energy is completely resonating throughout the entire organization of changed that team. The whole, he changed he the, changed the entire culture of Detroit. They are. They have become a hard-hitting team, and nobody. And they're just. They're ready to fight. They're. They're going to be in every single fucking game, like regardless. So, like to me, they're almost like matchup proof. Yep. To a degree, because they're going to give you everything they got, regardless. Their Their culture to me reminds me of the Eagles. Kind of reminds family, me of the Ravens. A family-oriented culture where they all love each other. Mm. They play hard for each other. Their egos aren't in yeah. the way. They're all together as one. And when you get a culture like that, it's unbreakable. It's an unbreakable bond. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, Hurts, those guys love each other. They do. And you could Darius Slay, like you could just see it. But speaking of Darius Slay, let's go to the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles beat the Patriots in a thriller. That was an awesome game, 25-20. Really um, that game is closer than I expected to a degree. Um, the, the Patriots are not going to be an easy out each week. I didn't think that either. I never thought that. I thought the Patriots were going to be tough this year. I didn't. You know what it was for me? I knew their defense would be good. Their offense looked all right. Their offense looked like it could hang. And you know why? Because of number 10. Because Matt Jones has a legitimate offensive coordinator that knows how to game plan and scheme and put him in the right positions. You got this dude out here balling with Kendrick Bourne. Hmm. I would give credit to the uh, to the Patriots defense more than the offense. I would say in this game, that defense was for real, bro. Oh, their defense is for real. No, 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 no. There's no and doubt anybody about that. and anybody doubting Bill Belichick is absolutely insane because that defense looked like it was 
the Patriots defense I that got we've seen. on Bill Belichick over the summer when we were talking about it, strictly because I didn't like what he did to Mac Jones because I thought he put him in an unfair, unwinnable, unmanageable situation. Still, I, I, yeah. and, and that point still remains. I don't disagree with but that. But at least he got him an offensive coordinator that knows what the hell he's doing. And they looked a lot comfortable. They look, com they look competent. They did. Zeke looked all right. Ramondre Stevenson looked all right. Kendrick Bourne looked all right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know. Hunter Henry had a good game. He did have a good game. Um, and, you know, you see it, and it's like Jalen Hurts actually didn't play very well. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have Dallas Goddard in fantasy. There were two touchdowns on the board for Dallas Goddard, and for whatever reason, Jalen Hurts just wasn't looking at him. Dallas Goddard was dead silent. I didn't expect that. I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. I probably put the kibosh on him. Well, on Hurts? No, on Goddard. On Goddard? Nah, I, I actually think Goddard's going to step up really, really big this week. Yeah, I, I'm looking. But I'm hoping on Thursday. Going back to this game, you know how we said earlier that Patrick Mahomes didn't have anybody to throw to? Well, who the fuck does Mac Jones have? Thank you. Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Demario Douglas, Mike Gusecki, who was a throwaway in Miami, Juju Smith-Schuster, who didn't really have an impact, Zeke. He actually dropped a key critical third down pass he that would have made it a first. Right. And Mac right Jones there. had 316 yards and three touchdowns against the Eagles. Against the Eagles. The Eagles ain't no slouch. They the Eagles are the best five, team in the in NFL. They have two arguably. Top five corners. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he threw a pick six. It happens. But you know what? He bounced back and they were down 16-0 and he rallied back to, to bring it down to 16 to 14 at half. That's respectable. It's resilience. And the Eagles, to me, this game should have been an absolute blowout. They should have smoked They them. should have absolutely smoked them. 16 to 0. They had the ball in Patriots territory and didn't capitalize on anything. You know what's funny? We're going to talk about this team next. The Giants marched down the field. Dallas gets that turnover, and it was a wrap from there. Mm -hmm. They went up, and they buried them. That's what the Eagles needed to do That's what they needed to, to the do. Patriots. But the difference is they're well coached, yep. and they their defense is stout. They're very, very good. The Patriots are good. They're fast. They're ball hawks. They hit hard. They get pressure up front. They do hit hard, bro. <laughs> Jalen Hurts looked out of sorts. Yeah. Jabril, Jabril Preppers, the way the, the way he hit Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts when is he a caused big the fumble, body. Yeah, he he's caused, a big body. He smacked him. Jalen Hurts is a big dude. Yeah. To smack somebody like that and make him fumble. He felt that. He felt that for real. Yeah, bro, for real. But it, it, I'll say this against the with the Eagles. I know they struggled offensively, but you're giving Bill Belichick six months to prepare for this game. Yeah. He's going to figure out a way to slow you down. He was preparing in the Super Bowl. He's prepared, right? He's prepared. He's <laughs> He's been preparing for this game all offseason. So I'm not going to put too much, you know, um, what do I say? Stock. Stock into 25-point performance against the Patriots. Like, to me, they got the win. They did what they had to do, and they got out. Looking at that defense, putting up 25 is pretty damn good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But the Eagles are potentially a 40-point you know, yeah. weekly team. Like th this offense is fucking loaded. Like it just is. It just didn't click because Belichick was ready for everything. And even Jalen Hurts said it in, in the post game. He said they were ready for everything. Like they were prepared. And that's a credit to the coach and Bill Belichick. Uh, how would you grade Jalen Hurts' performance? I'll, I'll give it a. I'll give it a a, a B minus. I was gonna say a C. I don't honestly. think he was bad. I don't think he was good. I thought he was good enough to win the game. I, that's it. That's it. I give him a C. Um, and it's basically because you can't miss those opportunities to Goddard. Right. Like, and I'm not just saying that because he's on my fantasy team. 
those plays are important. He was wide open on about four plays. Right. Where he 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 was two of them were walk-in touchdowns. So, but look, I'm not that worried about it. First game, you got the W, you scored 25 points on that defense. That's all that matters. And remember, it's also a new uh, offensive coordinator. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are picking up. We're going to fucking smoke the Vikings on Thursday, get 10 days off, and we'll be ready to go. I agree with that. I just, you know, I was very impressed with the Patriots, though. I got to be honest with you. So I mean, was I. I, was. I mean, I, I, I'll say this right now. I mean, Mac Jones, he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. No kizzy. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not shy about that. No. I'm just not. I mean, his number one wide receiver was Kendrick Bourne. He's 20, he's 20 years old. Pure quarterback skills and ability. Mac Jones is better than Justin. He's Fields. excellent. The only thing it. Justin Fields has on him is athleticism and running. That's it. So I get running is athletic. So the brains he doesn't have, pocket presence he doesn't have, able to read the defense he doesn't have. He holds on to the ball too long. I mean, bro, it's just like you look at Justin Fields and he's just sitting back there and it's like, okay, your offensive line ain't that trash. You're holding on to the ball too long. That's that's exactly right. And DJ Moore, let's get into the Bears, actually. We'll skip all those other topics that we had on, on, on the thing. We'll get to them, but let's talk about the Bears since we're on this topic. I don't think the Bears are any different than last year. They're not. I think they're the same fucking team. And I know everybody was like, oh, yeah, get Justin Fields a weapon. Get him offensive line help. Get him this and get him that. He looked like the same quarterback. They got their their ass beat at home against Jordan Love. Jordan Love. The guy didn't play in a couple years because Aaron Rodgers was there. And all this hype about Justin Fields taking the Jalen Hurts uh, leap. He fucking fell flat around his face. And, and that's the bottom line. You can't have the hype of Justin Fields. You got people talking crazy saying that Justin Fields. It's an <laughs> insult to crazy. say that Justin Fields is the same talent as Jalen Hurts and that he's not. He's more talented. Talking crazy. What are you watching? I don't know. What are you watching? I honestly don't know. Justin Fields is a poor decision maker. He doesn't throw the ball as accurate. Go look at the touchdown pass that Jalen Hurts threw to Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. Tight window, low so that Devontae Smith could get down and get it. Hell, look at Tua's fucking tight window throw with Tyreek Hill with Bro, the game on the line. Yeah, it's not even a question with this Justin Fields stuff. And I was one of the people saying, get him a wide receiver, but... I wasn't saying it was going to propel him to be great. It was, I want to see what he can do with a good wide receiver. That's Just, when you'll know. DJ Moore right. has a thousand yards with PJ Tucker, Baker Mayfield. These uh, PJ Tucker is crazy. Yeah. Ass quarterbacks. PJ Walker. Yeah. yeah PJ Walker. PJ Tucker, Tucker is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> PJ Walker. And it's like, I'm looking and I'm like, come on, Justin. Come on, dude. What are you doing? I, look, DJ Moore to me. Juddy in fantasy or Justin Fields with the Bears? Oh man, I, I I'll, I'll go Justin Fields with the Bears because Juddy actually won this week. He did. I can't even talk. I'm all. So run. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I can't shit on him this week. I salute that. <laughs> I salute Juddy. Got me this week. But let's talk about it though, man. Like you finally get the wide receiver, and the wide receiver has two catches for 25 yards. Right now, where was this big play explosiveness that everybody saw in the preseason? I wait. I'll wait. I said it. He had seven I air will, yards. I will wait. That ain't going to happen in the real fucking regular season. Teams are actually game planning for you so you don't get those kind of plays and easy points. It's not going to happen in, 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 the, in the league. Justin, it's very rare. Justin Fields had a chance to come out, make a statement. We're the kings of the north. The Bears are my team. We're going to start off with a dub at home against the Packers at 430. And he got outplayed by Jordan Love. The other quarterback made the statement. Let me ask you a question. Over the next three years, would you feel more comfortable with Jordan Love as your quarterback or Justin Fields? 
this is tough, man. I, I, I would probably feel comfortable with Jordan Love, and here's why. He got to learn from Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Who the fuck the fields learn from? Matt Eberflus. Right? Like who? Who's who? Who was the veteran that they brought in that well, he can learn from? Nobody. I, but I thought Justin Fields didn't go out to dinner with his family because he wanted to study his playbook. Uh, well, he better... I can't imagine how bad he would have been if he went to that dinner and didn't study his playbook for forty-five <laughs> minutes. I can't even imagine. You know what, man? I I just I'm so happy. Like I'm gonna sit here and just be so happy because all this all this talk in the off season, I got a, I got so mentally exhausted just reading Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that. He's the next superstar. He's a top five fantasy quarterback. He's this, that, and the third. And this dude is he's nothing but a mid round talent. He is like a Walmart version of Kyler Murray. He is. At least Kyler Murray is accurate. At least Kyler Murray has had success. At least Kyler Murray went on a seven-game run. At least Kyler Murray went to the playoffs. Justin Fields, I, I just don't see it for him. Okay, I don't you- see – I don't know what Justin Fields' ceiling is outside of his running. His running ability is great. Nobody's questioning that. But when you sit – to win the Super Bowl, you have to be able to sit in the pocket, read a defense – Go through your progressions and deliver the football in an accurate way. You cannot just play poor like this. You just can't. You're never going to win. You're not going to. It's not going to happen. And, you know, DJ Moore being there just didn't matter. It just didn't matter. Damn, bro. That's crazy. He just ripped Philly. Phil just ripped one. Good for you. We got E in the house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He's Phil E. Phil E. Phil E. Phil. All right, so go. I think I don't know, man. After the past few games with Jordan Love, he's looked all right. I go J Love, baby. He's looking all right. all right. And here's the thing: the throw he had to Aaron Jones when Aaron Jones scored that long touchdown. Can Justin Fields make those little intermediate throws and let your player do it? Because I don't see it. What about the th- the throw to uh, Romeo Dobbs? Romeo Dobbs on the money. Oh my God! It looked on like it looked like Aaron Rodgers threw that. That's a better. That's a be- way better example because that was distance and it was like you said, it was a dot throw. That's like an Aaron Rodgers taught him that. Yeah. That was an Aaron Rodgers throw. That was a great throw, and that's when I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take Jordan Love. He learned from one of the greatest of all time. Justin, I mean, Jordan Love just looks like when he's in the pocket, he looks more confident, he looks more decisive, and he just looks like he knows to go, knows where to go with the ball. And he's gonna take his checkdowns when it when he when he has them. Yeah. So, right. Exactly. Um, and, and not for nothing, the the Packers don't have a wide receiver one. They don't have a DJ Moore on man, their. He was throwing the Romeo Dobbs, and he's put up 38 points. Right. Three touchdowns, that will do it. 250 yards, that will do it. Right on the road, that will do it. Like that That's will an do impressive it. start. That's an impressive start. Like Justin Fields had 216, and he had a touchdown and an interception. Got sacked four times, and everybody's going to say, oh, it's the offensive line. But, yeah, you're right. Like he's holding on to the ball he's way too, to the long. Ball too long. That's because he's not going through his project, his progressions in, in, a, in a fashion where in the NFL, you got to be quick. Those players are coming after you. You got to get the ball out so fucking fast. That's why all the greats study that. That's why all the greats practice that. They get the ball out quick. They're always on the same page with what with their wide receivers because they need to know where they're at at all times. Because I'm as soon as the ball snaps, I'm throwing it right there, and you need to be there. That's why it's so important for Brady and them to have that you know chemistry with their wide receivers. All the greats have that mentality of knowing where your receiver is going to be. I'm going to deliver the football. You got to be there. Yeah, That's it, was it. Beat, it was a beatdown. It's a beatdown. An and absolute beatdown. Speaking of beatdowns, Dallas mm. 
absolutely smokes the Giants on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, Yo, you're was, such a pro now. Like that was such a good transition. That was that was a great transition. It's light. It's light. The it's light. It's light. It's light. <laughs> yeah, something light. So anyway, before I was rudely interrupted, I'm sorry. I just want to give you your props. I appreciate it. I appreciate. It. I appreciate getting my flowers because we're gonna smoke them after. You're good at this. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> so Dallas smokes the uh, the Giants. Uh, that was the wor- one of the worst games I've ever watched. Um, I don't even know what to say about it. I could say a lot. I, I could. I'm the t- Giants are moving the ball down the field. I'm like, all right, here we go, here we go. They get that turnover, and I'm just looking, and I'm like, you paid 47 M's for Daniel Jones. <laughs> 47 M's. For Daniel Jones. M's. <laughs> I got a better one for you. What cracked me up is that everybody picked the Giants because they have Darren Waller. Darren Waller hasn't been relevant since 2020. What the fuck am I missing? The Dallas Cowboys added an all-pro uh, defensive, a former defensive player of the year as their cornerback to pair with Trayvon Diggs. They added Brandon Cooks. They get Michael Gallup back healthy. They got Tony Pollard back there. They don't have the confusion with Zeke. They got a top offensive line. They got a top 10 quarterback. And their defense is fucking excellent. And everybody's over here picking the Giants because they got Darren Waller. Miss me with this shit. The Giants are fucking ass. They are. They got a big problem because their wide receivers (laughs) ain't shit. and And you have a tight end who already has a hamstring injury. And I know he played, but I don't know how healthy he is because he looked like a regular, regular dude. I could put in Dawson Knox in there, and he probably could have had the same production. Dead ass serious. So to me, I, I just don't see it with the Giants. This is a big regression year for them. And I think the Cowboys are they're they're ready, bro. I'm impressed with the Cowboys and I'm disappointed with the Giants. I'm worried. Because about I thought them. the Cowboys looked in sync. They looked together. The game plan was good. But like for the Giants, how do you come out? opening night and get blown off the field like that like that is so embarrassing i think that i think dallas is a weirdly hungry team when i when i saw dak prescott they should be hungry when i saw dak prescott pregame and he was talking to like the reporter the look in his eyes was he was all about business well, it was no woke- smiling no bullshit he was like yeah we're ready whatever it takes to win i don't care well he just woke up from the uh, 11 hour anesthesia from getting a tattoo well that happened in like in the off season who the fuck gets put to sleep for 11 hours to get a tattoo can we talk about that real quick though because the, <laughs> the, the report is just so late and so irrelevant that is the reason why it made the news because he's a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. But I'm just saying, like, I never even heard of that. To go to going under anesthesia for 11 hours for a tattoo, I mean, it's a good idea because tattoos hurt like a bitch. That's why he needed it, bro. 11 hours on that, your leg? That that's got to hurt. That tattoo is fire, too. It is that fucking fire. That tattoo is awesome. And it means something to him. So, look, I, I'm not, I hate Dallas with a passion, but I'm not going to sit here and, and say I'm not scared about the Cowboys because this team is fucking good. Yeah, no. And they, they come they after you. Good. Michael Parsons. He's the best defensive player I've ever seen. What? I've ever seen. He's better than Ray Lewis. He's better than Patrick Willis. He's better than Luke Keekley. He's better look, than Aaron Donald. Look, it's too early to say he's better than them, like statistically and just overall. But when I am watching him, I have never seen a player as disruptive as him. He is in every fucking play. He's in the backfield anytime. You put two guys on him, he spins out of it, and he gets after your quarterback. He creates quarterback pressures on almost every single snap he's in a part of it is absolutely insane it is it is, he is the 
He's the best defensive player in the league. And to me, it's not even close. If, if every team had a draft to take one defensive player and there was a rankings, he would be right up there at the top of the list, number one. And if anybody didn't take him number one, they're foolish. Absolutely foolish. He's the best defensive player in the league. I know somebody wears number seven, wears midnight green, had better stats than him. That's stats, but I'm talking about the overall defensive line. Like the Eagles had a better defensive line than the Cowboys last year. So his stats are going to be better than Micah Parsons because Parsons is getting double team, triple team, more than Hassan Reddick. So the stats to me are misleading. When I look at the impact and I watch the game, Michael Parsons to me is the best defensive player good, in the league. But like he's the best defensive player in the league. You 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 own something to say he's the best defensive I, player you've ever seen. I mean, that, that's I would take him over anybody in the league. Currently, oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Hey, as long as you say currently, gun. that's fine. As long as you say currently, that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm Ray Lewis and him have a different impact. But you said best defensive player. Yeah, I, I that the most disruptive defensive player I've ever seen is definitely Michael Parsons. Fuck no. Who's better, Ray Lewis? You could say Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Ray Lewis was a leader and he was a hard hitting linebacker. He wasn't, and he was disruptive when he, when he was called upon, bro. but he doesn't, he wasn't consistent. Like a Michael Parsons, this motherfucker is flying everywhere. Bro. Family, family, family. Do you remember the 2000 Ravens? Yeah. Who was the uh, Tony leader? Tony Siragusa in them? <laughs> yeah. <it> was. <laughs> Who was the leader of that defense that propelled them to a Super Bowl win? Ray Lou. I appreciate it. So my thing is, is that until Michael Parsons can propel them past the divisional round, Let's stop the cat. Well, look, this is Parsons, what, third, fourth year? And they do shit. Well, he's he's well, been... he's got to lead them. Ray Lewis was what, 95? Dog, this is his no, not, third, no, this is his third year right now. Yeah. And when you watch him, this guy looks like he's a seven, eight-year vet that's been doing it forever. This guy is so good. Like, I, I, I wish the Eagles had him. We got one. No, we should have him. No, we got seven. No, they got eleven. For, they got eleven from heaven. We got seven. From Michael heaven. Parsons is is just better than Hassan Reddick. I couldn't tell, bro. It's it, like it's really not close. I don't know. Uh, Hassan Reddick was disruptive. Did you see what he did to the 49ers? No, he's disruptive. I, I like Hassan Reddick, but to, against com, compared to Michael Parsons, I, I'm gonna go saying, Parsons bro. all day. Here's my point: bro. the stats don't back up what you're saying. But defensive stats are different than offensive stats. It's just a difference. It's it's different, bro. If you're that good, you can beat double teams. I watch Aaron Donald. And he has. Yeah, you don't think Aaron Donald's getting double teamed when he's breaking all these records? Oh no, he has. That's what I'm saying, yeah. bro. And that's my point with Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. I'm gonna start calling excellent. him. I'm gonna start calling him. I'm gonna start calling him Josh. Josh Parsons. He's excellent, bro. That's what we're going to call him. He's Josh Parsons moving forward. He's excellent. He's a linebacker that has 27 and a half sacks in his career, and then he just started his third year. He is. Yo, he is. A, it's crazy. I'm saying he is a lightning bolt. But let's chill on that. He's the best player, defensive player you've ever seen. I, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm okay saying that. This early, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm all right. I'm saying not okay. That. I'm, but I love Ray Lewis. I love Ray Lewis. But Micah Parsons' impact, he changed Dallas's defense the last three years. He's made him significantly better because Dallas's uh, downfall was always their defense. The Romo years, whatever, you know, and, and early Dak years, it was always their defense that always let them down. Their well, offense Michael was Parsons good. made him better. Then why they go out and get Stephon Gilmore? Why they need him? Michael Parsons why defense you? better. Well, why wouldn't you? If you're telling me I can have Michael Parsons and I can get Trayvon Diggs and sign Stephon Gilmore, why wouldn't I Bro, do that? But my point is, is that you can't ask me that. They're just cowboys that get all this hype because they're cowboys. They said the same thing about Trayvon Bro, Diggs. I fucking hate the cowboys. I, I couldn't tell. And Trayvon Diggs gets burned weekly. Bro, I hate the cowboys. I am just telling you what I am looking at. I am looking at the guy 
that is completely disruptive the entire game. Bro, you, you have to giant. know you have to know where eleven is at all times on the field, every single snap. That is like Virginia an Ed Reed impact. That's like Troy Palomalo impact. That is like a Dawkins impact. That is impactful. Yeah, and I he's know. doing it at a linebacker spot. And you need to know where seven is at too. That's all I'm I, saying. I don't disagree with that. I'm not saying that Hassan Reddick is a bad player, but I think Michael Parsons is better than Hassan Reddick. I don't know. I just do. I don't know I about mean. that because I think Hassan is just as disruptive. I just think Michael Parsons has the name. The guy's been projected to win the defensive player of the year for what? Since what? 2009? That's what it seems like. Every year. 2021, he came in the league. Everyone's saying that. I feel like it's been, though. It feels like it's been four years. Admit, yeah, it feels like it. And but that's it's just, all everybody says is, oh, my God. This, this is his third season. I understand that. And we're going to see if they could keep him next year. Because they got a oh, lot no, of money they, on them. They're, they're going to have to keep every. They're going to have to do everything they can to keep him. It's good. That's a that's an interesting, very curious decision. Because I'll tell you what, Michael Parsons is going to be the highest defensive paid player in NFL history, and it's not going to be close. Oh no, 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 he's getting that. Money. He's going to get. I'm not even kidding you. If I had to predict his contract, he's going to get about 35 million dollars a year. Easy, easy. Look at Bosa got five years, 170. Yeah, <sighs> he's going to blow that out the water. He's going to have 200 million. 200. Easy. All right, let's go on to the Dolphins. They beat the Chargers 36-34. That game was wild. Do you think it's the same old Chargers, or do you think that the Dolphins are just that good when healthy with Tua? I actually think both. I think it's the same old Chargers, and I think the Dolphins are just that good. Like, I think the Chargers, and what I mean by that is, like, yeah, the Chargers, it's the same old Chargers, blah, blah, blah. But their talent is just extremely, extremely well. And, I mean, and Who? there's the Chargers. Sorry, they have boatloads of talent. So to beat a team like that, is is a, is a is a good sign for the opposing team, which is Miami. And Miami, the way they came back in crunch time, and Tua came back with that throw, the Tyree kill, in a tight window, right next to the to the to the fucking defender's ear, that was like the most pinpoint accuracy I've 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 seen. That was the most insane throw this weekend. It, it was beautiful. Can we? Are- are we going to open the floor now to this this Justin Herbert conversation? I'm open to it. He's a 500 quarterback. He's a 500 quarterback. And his team is loaded. 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 We, look, you have Austin Eckler as your running back. This guy is... You got fucking... Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams. You got a first-round draft pick in Quentin Johnson. You have to win games. I don't want to hear shit from anybody. Right now, present day, Tua is better than Justin Herbert. I, I I can't disagree with that. Tua is better than Justin Herbert. I don't care about the talent, the ceiling, the ability. When Tua is on the field and he is healthy, he produces more. And they win. And they win than Justin Herbert. That's a fact. Look at Tua's win-loss record. Look at Justin Herbert's. Who has who has had more uh, more help? Right. Justin Herbert's even had stability. You got Tua playing with Brian Flores, who hates him. He's in and out of the lineup because he's hurt. Now he's playing with Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels is obviously a good coach. Great coach. But the same thing, look at what he's doing. Everybody said, oh, Tariq Hill's going to hate being in Miami after coming from Patrick Mahomes. Tariq Hill's doing the same exact shit. I couldn't tell. The same exact shit, except now he's living in, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Florida instead of Kansas City. And uh, instead of Missouri, whatever. But it's like, you look at it and it's like, dude. At what point are you going to say this? Now, they're always going to compare Tua and Herbert. Does does Herbert have a higher ceiling? I don't know. Is he more talented overall, like from an arm perspective? Okay, yeah, you got me there. But when it comes to winning football games and and just... In clutch moments. Yeah, and operating in the clutch, 
there's no argument, there's no basis to your argument to tell me that Justin Herbert is better than Tua. If you slide out two sheets of paper and you write down all their statistics, you're what you're taking Tua. You're taking Tua. Justin Herbert may have the numbers in those statistics, but when it comes down to the win and loss record and you look at the options that they're throwing to and the skill players, Justin Herbert should be ashamed of himself. He should. Josh Allen slipping down them spots on the top quarterbacks in the league. Justin Herbert should be tumbling down them. Mm -hmm. Not slipping. He should be tumbling. Mm -hmm. Why is Justin Herbert better than Dak Prescott? He's not. At current day, Dak Prescott's better than Justin Herbert. Mm. Dak Prescott's been to play, played in four playoff games. He's got two playoff wins. He's had Amari Cooper. He's had C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Has he ever had a, a, a dangerous number two? No. He had washed up Zeke the last two years. What are we talking about here? Dak Prescott is better than Justin Herbert. He is. I'm going to go with this. Is the This is an interesting thing for me with this game. So Raheem Mostert was the Miami's leading rusher. 10 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Raheem. 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 Right? L.A. has Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. Austin Eckler had 16 carries for 117 yards. Joshua Kelly had 91 yards. You had two running backs with 90-plus rushing yards and you lost the game at home okay that's concerning for me because now if the if the Chargers are successful running the football that doesn't actually mean they're going to have success to win the game and that's a bad sign when you rush the ball for 234 rushing yards versus your opposing 70 and you're home and you lose the game there's a problem they have a problem the Chargers have a problem. They're able to have ground success and still lose the game. Like the, the opposing team had 70 rushing yards versus your 234, and you lost a game at home. That's a game you win. When you got a count like Justin Herbert, you got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, you got Austin Eckler, you got Quinton Johnson. Like Quinton Johnson's a pretty good player. Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett. I mean, like to me, like you got weapons. There should be no more excuses with Justin Herbert. And you have Kellen Moore, by the way, that he is this offensive guru that's going to propel this team to the promised land. And I had the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I was wrong about that. You've been sipping on some shit. Yeah. I can't pronounce. Call it to it. Yeah, exactly. So, look, when you have 234 rushing yards and you lose the game, I'm very concerned about that's this trouble. team. That's, that's trouble. trouble. That's trouble. that's trouble. And Miami, it's looking like they are able to put the, you know, everything onto it. Tua came through. He didn't have a running game. So you know what he did? He put the team on his back. He threw for 466 yards, and he threw for three touchdowns, and he was excellent. Can we finally – clutch. We talked about this. Can we finally put some respect on Tua's name? And I was a hater. I didn't think Tua was going to succeed I, I in the I said it earlier. I, I don't think Tua just, was that good. I didn't see it with him. Me either. But as far as his mind operating in the pocket, throwing accurately. Confidence. He doesn't need to have the strongest arm. He actually said it in the post, in the, in the, in the presser. He said, like, you know, you can't really compare me and Justin Herbert. He obviously has a stronger arm. He said something along those lines. He's humble. He knows what he's doing, but he's got the brain, right. the, me the mental fortitude. Can we please just start respecting Tua? Look at his win-loss record. Look at his stats when he's healthy. Miami was, nine, what, 9-3 nine and three last year or something like that? 7-3? Uh, 8-3. I think it was 8-3 when, when he was a starter. They're, Miami's good. And I had Miami missing the playoffs mm. and I had, in, in favor of the Chargers. Yeah. 
I'm done with the Justin Herbert shit. I'm done with it until he proves it. Yeah. Until he proves it. What does he need to do for you, though? Justin Herbert? Yeah, to get, he to to get to back win, into your good graces. He needs to win those type of games mm. because he has enough talent. He needs to be 11, 12, 13 wins. Yeah, but he, he needs, needs to win against good teams that's what i'm saying like not the not like the the bottom of the barrel the texan you know houston texans yeah like of course you're you're, you're most likely going to win but when you could play a competent opponent like the miami dolphins are like because they are they're they, they are a super bowl legit super bowl contender yeah. when you when you beat a team like that and the clutch then that's where i'm like okay like you you might have arrived now yeah but when you actually fail to win this game i, I i'm really questioning and then this whole team. I, I just, really am, I, man. I'm just, I have a lot of questions with this team. I won't smoke this year with Herbert. I mean, I just want, cause I'm a big fan of Herbert. I think he's, I, I, I mean, I've said in the past that he's great. I'm not saying that anymore because you can, I can't, I, I can't keep defending you when you're doing this. I can't, I, I criticize Allen Mahomes. I get on all these other guys. And it's like, when I look at Herbert, it's like, I'm always defending him because he's, he's the talent is so like, I don't know, like robust. Right. You just see it. It's like oozing out of them. Pause. Well, <laughs> yeah, that that's was crazy. God damn. That is wild that, game. That my is fault. My fault. Wild. <laughs> so my thing is though, is like with Herbert, when you see that, it's just like, all right, enough of the excuses. <laughs> oozing out of them is insane. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got to win. At, you got to win now. Um, all right, let's just switch topics right now. Hold on. I, I just want to make one more that. statement. I just want to make make one more statement. I'm going to give my my man Austin Aller, uh, Austin Eckler his fucking flowers, man. This guy is the best running back in the league. Let's stop the cap here. Look, can we? Hmm. Can we stop the cap? Austin Austin Eckler is the best fantasy player in the game, and right now he's the best running back in the game. I know CMC is there. I don't give a fuck. This guy gives me 117 yards on the ground, 16 carries. He's got he he catches the ball. This guy does everything, man. Like he is asked to do so fucking much for this offense, and he comes through. The problem is his quarterback is not giving him the proper respect in the media world because they're losing. Family. I watched. I played him in fantasy. He's awesome. I watched this dude just run up and down the field. He's awesome. And it's like every time he touched the ball, I was scared. Yeah. But. We're going to change topics here. We're going to go a different direction. And speaking of running up and down the field, old motherfuckers, the Browns mm. dug the Bengals up out. I'm not surprised. And I had, I, this was my psych, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, this is my psychotic upset lock, of uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, upside of the week was the Cleveland Browns. And to me, this was such an easy game to predict because I felt, the Bengals were going to come out sluggish because Joe Burrow didn't have much time in training camp. The Browns were overlooked all, all off season. And when I look at this roster, they are just as good as anybody in the league. I'm still concerned with Deshaun. I am too. Like, I don't think he played particularly well. There was a lot of throws where I was like, whoa. One touchdown, one interception, Terrible. a buck 65. A buck 54, and he was 16 of 29 passing. Yeah, that's not going to do it. Bro. It's not going to do it, but... Hey, they won the game. That's all that matters. That's all that matters, right? But when you got Nick Chubb and you got Amari Cooper, you got Elijah Moore, you got Njoku, Peoples-Jones, you got weapons. Like, this team can only get better, in my opinion. I don't – so here's the thing. I don't know what to make of it, and it, it's because I don't know what what got into Joe Burrow. Bro, he was absolutely god-awful. I, like, I don't know what to make of the Browns because if Deshaun Watson would have came out and threw for 250 – two touchdowns, 25 of 34, and he put it on, it would have been like, okay, 
the Browns might have something. But the Bengals have a good a good defense though. Yeah, yeah. But my so point is, it's like I would have. I'm I'm so focused on Deshaun Watson because if he's not Deshaun Watson, the Browns aren't winning. Right. Deshaun. The Browns are going to go as Deshaun Watson goes. Correct. That's what I was trying to say. I right. <laughs> articulated articulated it a little different. My bad. But when I watched Joe Burrow throw for 82 yards, he looked. I mean, look, I know we missed camp because of his calf, but any excuse to look like that. Right. He looked beyond rusty. He looked like he hasn't played football in like two, three years. He looks like he hasn't played since last year's AFC championship. Yeah, no, it was really bad. I, I just, I don't even know. There's no, there, it's not even me trying to defend him here. I don't even know what to make of that. And he was, and you know, Joe Barr is my favorite player in the league. I just, awesome. I don't even know what to say there. That was the worst performance I've ever seen. And they Joe got, Burrow, and it wasn't close. And they got the Ravens coming to town next week. Who the Ravens look like they worked off some rust because that was a little bit sloppy in Houston. Um, you know, but look, they still got a dub. The odds makers are going to put the Ravens as the favorite because the way the the Bengals perform. But Cincinnati, I think wait, that's a trap. The Bengals in the Bengals are home, aren't they? It's Ravens at Bengals. Is it at Bengals? Keep on um, checking out. No, uh, yeah, they, it's, it's at Bengals. And I think the Bengals are three. Yeah. So I think so. The Bengals are minus three. They they're, they're going to be their, their favorites. Bengals are minus three and a half. Wow. I love the Bengals. Me too. Too big of a line. Me too. Too but anyway, they looked absolutely awful. They, they, that team looked like the team that had them out of the playoff picture for me. Yep. That's what I thought this team was going to be, out of sync. And if they get in a hole early, the AFC is way too good. They did start 0-2 last year, and the fact that the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, all of those are 0-1 is only going to help them. That's true. That so. is very true. But there's also teams, you know, sleeper teams and the Browns. You know, when when the Browns won and the and the Ravens won, not for nothing, this this game this weekend for the Bengals is very important yeah, because you don't want to go down two games in the in division this early. Yeah, that's the biggest issue. That's the biggest issue. Game. Because if the Browns win and the Ravens win, now you have two teams that you got to catch. Yep. So they have to win this game. They got to figure out a way to to see what was up. But the Browns defense to me was the the total difference maker in this game. It wasn't just the offense of on each on each team. It was actually the Browns defense. They got after Joe Burrow. They made him make mistakes. They made him overthrow, you know, uh, underthrow him. They were just all over the place. And Miles Garrett to me is is a fucking wrecking machine. He is. He is good. Man. He is damn good. And when you have him and Zadarius Smith who will catch on at some point and make his plays, as he gets more comfortable with his defense, this Browns defense is going to be fucking scary. And last year, I said in the offseason, they were a top five secondary last year and passing yards per game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, to me, it tells me everything. You get pressure on the quarterback, you let your defenders play, and that's how you'll be successful. And that's you run the football, you kill the clock. Deshaun Watson is 80% of what he was in Houston. This team can go places. Yep. And that you're right. It's really about Deshaun Watson with this team because when I look at the Browns, this roster is very good and they can make a lot of noise in the AFC. Yeah, especially with Nick Chubb. Exactly would, right. The way Nick Chubb runs the ball. You run the you run the ball efficiently and you play good defense. You're very hard to beat. You're very hard to beat, man, because like you you, you control the clock and you're playing good defense. Like that's what you got to do. It's about it's about controlling the clock and the Browns did that this game. This 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 team's really good, man. I'm looking forward to seeing his division the, look, unfold. They looked all right. I mean, I, I I know the Bengals looked really bad, but that really could be a, but that could be a predication on the yeah. on the way the Browns played. 
I don't. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's that. I mean, I don't we'll either to a degree. Weeks, but there's no way the Bengals are that bad. Mm -mm. But who knows? The Browns could actually be that type of team where they're going to smother you defensively. They got to score 24 points and they're going to get wins. Yeah, that could very well be their recipe. Cincinnati had 75 rushing yards versus Cleveland's 206. That's going to do it. It's going to do it every time. When you when you give up three points and you control the ball and you're running down people's throats you're going to win the football game more nine times out of 10. Yeah. The success rate is, is there. And historically it's always been there. The more time you possess and play good defense, you're going to win. That's why they say defense wins championships. It's yeah. exactly what it is. Brown's success. They go as far as Deshaun. Watson That's a goes. correct. That's the bottom line. Um, speaking of going as far as your quarterback takes you. <laughs> the Raiders beat. <laughs> Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in their debut. Yeah. That was one of the most satisfying victories I've ever watched because they are two so people good. I cannot fucking stand. It was great. Between Russell Wilson's corny shit and Sean Payton's smug looks, I can't stand the two of them. Uh -huh. And just watching those two lose to Jimmy G, who everybody says is trash. trash. I don't know. The guy the guy just wins football games. He, just, he buys away, win. yo. Derek Carr goes there. They they were they were terrible. Jimmy G comes here. He's got Jacoby Myers looking like Randy Moss. He's supporting Devontae Adams. Yep. What 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 are we doing? What are we doing here? I I I I I've shared the same sentiment as you, man. Jimmy G played excellent football. Twenty of twenty six, awesome. two hundred yards, two touchdowns. Jimmy G is not going to get you three hundred. You don't need him to. But you don't need him to, and that's right. But the twenty out of twenty six is efficient enough for you to move the chains, and that's all you got to do. Right. And then I look at the at, at the Raiders run game, which was non-existent, and they still won. And Nick, here's what's even cra crazier, dude. Denver still can't score. They can't they score. They scored 16 points. What am I missing with Russell Wilson? So let me ask you a question. Is this the same Broncos team that you saw last year? It's the same team, bro. They're not going anywhere. They're I'm not. tired of hearing Sean Payton. I don't know, man. Sean Payton nah. and Russell Wilson. You know what Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are together? They're two bags of trash instead of one. Yeah. Russell Wilson is he's old, he's over the hill. He's that relationship weak. is going to get really ugly because that's two egos that are going to collapse. And you know, remember remember I told you when we were talking about what games we were looking forward to? Yeah. What did I say? The game before Thanksgiving, Russell Wilson versus Deshaun Watson. Mm. Because that is two franchises that are going to see with two high-paid quarterbacks, quote unquote overpaid. Overpaid quarterbacks. Yep. Where are those franchises when Thanksgiving comes and you're getting into the back end of the season, those four or five final games where it's playoff implications and all that shit? Where is it? Because if the Broncos are out of contention, you're going to see Stid. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I, I don't think Sean Payton has any ties to Russell Wilson. I don't. It's so I so think much. Russell Wilson is on a short lease regardless. And look, Russell Wilson didn't play terrible. He didn't play terrible. But he didn't play good enough to win the game. And when you're Russell Wilson, a Hall of Famer, you've been to two Super Bowls, let Russ cook. Russ got to do this. Russ got to do that. You could go beat Jimmy G and the lowly Raiders who are, who are plus 1,700 to win their division. And you were at home. You lose your home opener. You lose your home opener to Jimmy fucking G. And everybody told me Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Blows. I don't understand it. What am I missing here? I don't what know. He I wins. Missing? He wins football games, and that's saying, all that matters. Jimmy G's better than Kyler Murray. I was right there. There's no argument. I, he's better than uh, Russ right now. We went over this when we were talking about Russell Wilson in the AFC about being a top ten quarterback. And in I the said AFC. at at best he's he's nice. Because there's eight quarterbacks in the AFC that are definitively better than him. And right now I don't know if Jimmy G's not better than him. You can argue that. 
You can argue that. I just sure. watched Jimmy G lead one of the worst teams in the NFL last year to a victory. Now, look, the Broncos stunk, and that was all on Russell Wilson, but the Raiders stunk defensively, coaching, offensively. And they come in there, and you got Jimmy G making Jacoby Myers have two touchdowns. Devontae Adams is putting on. I mean, bro, you, you put up 16 points. Like, against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. Against the Raiders. And they, they didn't even have Chandler Jones because they have the whole the uh, offseason drama. Like Max Crosby completely took that game over. Like he was excellent in that in, in that game. He that man is a dog. I'm so happy for uh Jimmy G. He's a dog. I'm so happy for him. Me too. Nothing because... would make me happier than Jimmy G taking this Raiders team eight wins because it'll be respectable. It'll be an increase from last year. And maybe people will finally start talking about that Jimmy G is a he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's not gonna make Pro Bowls. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to another AFC uh a, uh, NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The 49ers win without him. I mean, they win with him. They lose without him. But he's played smart football, Jimmy G. He yeah. gets his guys. Sound. He gets his best players the football. He's always looking for them. Like Jacoby Myers. Like, is he one of the best players? No. Devontae Adams is the best player, but he had nine targets. So then he recognized the coverage is probably more towards Devontae Adams, obviously. So he recognized a one-on-one matchup for Jacoby Myers. He knows Jacoby Myers' skill set. He can get open. If you look at his time in New England, he was great with New England. And not for nothing. He was actually really good. He had high-volume catches. And then he fed Jacoby Myers the football. Nine catches, 81 yards, and 10 targets. Like, if, if, if we put anybody else at quarterback and Jacoby Myers shines like this, we, we tip the cap to the quarterback, but since Jimmy G does it, it doesn't matter because he has Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs and all this shit, but you know, what's underrated. That's the problem. That's Jimmy G understanding the game of football. And you it. put Patrick Sertan, who's probably the best corner in the NFL on Devonte Adams. So he said, I'll get Devonte the ball when I can, I'll be able to choose my spots. But the other dude, I'm going to bully you with Jacoby Myers because Jacoby Myers is a good receiver. He was really slept on this offseason. He was. I Jacoby Myers is a good He's a good wide receiver. Good wide receiver. Now, look, is he going to produce like that every no, week? No, no, he's not. No, and but, I don't expect him. I don't expect him to. No, but Jacoby Myers is going to be a flex, a flex player in leagues. Oh, absolutely. He absolutely, absolutely. is. And I'm he's not saying really boom player. or bust. He's going to be a flex player where he's, he's going to get you 8 to 12 points a week. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and he will occasionally boom. Yeah. But it's really all that matters, man. All right. Last thing before we do our uh, fantasy stuff and then we get out of here. The Bake Show is back. The Bake Show is back. Leads the Bucks to a W over the Vikings. Runs over uh, the cornerback getting that first down to seal the deal. Told mm. him to get his weight up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that short. Oh, I saw that. That was fucking awesome. It got me hyped up. Yeah, that's the shit that I like, though. I gravitate towards people like that. That's why I root for Baker. I was so happy for him, man, because everybody thinks the Bucs are going to be trash. I made a joke that the Bucs could win the division because they were going to be hungry. They still have all their offensive pieces. Yep. Then I looked at their schedule, and I'm like, oh, no, they're going to be lucky to win four games. (laughs) But then, like, I said, I actually texted you this. I just remember this. I'm like, yo, we're midway through the second quarter, and Baker Mayfield got 56 passing yards. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? 56 passing yards? Something like that. It was bad. Or maybe it was like midway. Through. Oh, yeah. He was awful, actually, in the first half. And then it looks like he kind of got it together. The last drive was yeah. what really propelled this team to and, victory. And but- I brought this up about the Vikings, and this is why I had the Vikings slipping this year. 11-0 and in one-score games last year. First one-score game in a the season. They lose. They lose. And I said, they, they- The fuck? 
Sorry. I said they they won what? What were they last year? 12 and 5, 13 and 4? They were 13 and 4. And I said if they just cut that in half, that's five losses. That brings them to an eight-win team. Yeah. I have them fringe playoff team. I think yep. they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be like a, one of the bottom seeds, but I, I think for me the Bucks might be the Bucks might hang in. They have wide receivers to make noise. It's not like they Mike have Mike Evans looked good. Mike Evans looked like Mike Evans. Like Mike Evans is a good player. Yeah, it's like people get surprised when Mike Evans does bad with with bad quarterbacks. He's been doing it his whole fucking career. Like aside from Tom Brady, aside from Tom Brady, and he won the Super Bowl with Brady. So what does that tell you? He had to be somewhat good because Brady chose the Bucks to go there. So he has to be fucking good. He's got to be one of those guys. He's just not talked about because he's not flashy. Like yeah. Mike Evans ain't gonna gritty when he scored a touchdown. Mike Evans is gonna throw the ref the ball. And he's gonna run to the sideline. That's just what he does. He's he's he does he doesn't do the flashy shit, which doesn't gravitate towards the public, which I I understand. But you can't deny the stats. The guy gets a thousand yards regardless of his quarterback every every year in his career. So like to me, there's no argument about Mike Evans being a top fucking wide receiver in his league. It's ludicrous. It really is. And then you got Chris Godwin on the outside. And, you know, I think the only thing that I'm a little disappointed about with the Bucs is Rashad White. I didn't think he played particularly well. I thought he was very uh, lethargic, um, wasn't hitting the holes correctly, and he just he just didn't look like he had that same burst like he had last year. And maybe that will change, which I'm hoping. I expected more targets in the in the passing game. I think he, he ended up with two or something like that. Do you that, know who the Bucs play this week? The Don't look it up. I know. Do you know um, who they play this week? I have no idea. Justin Fields and the Bears. Oh, my God. At home. Oh, my God. Let Baker Mayfield turn up for hey, me. If Justin Fields loses to Baker Mayfield. Oh, well, put respect on it now. Let's not do that. No, 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 no. No, but, but you have to understand the perspective here. Okay. Everybody right, thinks right, Baker right. is ass, and I, I'm one of them. I don't think Baker is that good. I think he's okay. I think he's a he's a, he's a a starter. We'll, we'll, I'll, put, I'll leave it at that. He's a, he's a decent starter. He can rally his team. He has good leadership skills. He does. That's perspective. I can take that. He has good I'm leadership. There too. He's a starter. I'll say that too. Because He's can't a go- starter, and he has good leadership skills. Like, he's proven it with the Bucs. Like, they rally you know, behind guys like Dick that can get fired up and stiff arm a fucking cornerback. Like, when he did that, I'm like, yo, Baker, that, but that is rallies, what I remember, bro. Right. That is who you the are. The swagger, the confidence, yes. the arrogance. Everybody gravitates towards he that. He never had that in Carolina. But but he's also a leader. And I, I think that's what's respectable about Baker. So the outside media perspective of Baker is, oh, well, he got casted away from, from Cleveland, and that's why they moved on. And he just, you know, look at his career in Carolina. He sucked there, went with the Rams, and then he went to the Bucs. Like, he's not, he's not good. Nobody believes in Baker. But if Justin Fields lose to Baker Mayfield, I told you what was going to happen to Justin Fields next year. I told you this. I think I said it last year. I think I said it in the offseason. I said, Justin Fields, this is going to be his last year in Chicago playing quarterback for the Bears because this team is going to spiral out of control and they're not going to know how to handle it. Then they're going to look at the, all the all the draft picks they got for DJ Moore. They're going to look at the quarterback and be like, bro, we did all this for you and you haven't gotten us there. We got we to gotta move on. We got to go get Shador Sanders. And that's about, that's a possibility. I don't think Justin Fields is going to co- is going to play quarterback for the Chicago Bears next year. Baker, mate, are you a Baker fan this week? I'm a Baker fan because I don't believe in Justin Fields, and everybody killed me for it. Wow, Nick Mayfield is fucking crazy. Make, Nick Mayfield is Nick here. Mayfield. I'm okay, I, bro. I, I just like I said, I respect Baker. I appreciate. I do. It. Like, yo, I I respect people. I respect people that have the world against them, and he comes back. And he wins football games. Like, I, I, I respect life, that. Man. I respect it, bro. I, 
what, so proud. What is there not to respect, right? Like, what is Phil, there not Phil, to I'm respect? I'm a proud father. Right? <laughs> and then I look at Justin Fields, and it's like, bro, you had all this hype. You had three years. This is your third year in the league. You can't lose to Baker Mayfield. Like, you just can't. <laughs> you can't like, do that shit. From the outside world looking in from all the hype and looking at everybody trashing Baker Mayfield, the two worlds are completely opposite. If you lose to the guy that everybody wants to trash when you are this hyped, there's a problem. Bro, if and you lose to Baker the Mayfield, the Bears will have a big oh problem. Oh, my God, dude. If he loses to Nick Mayfield. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't be surprised because I don't think DJ Moore is going to do that well because the Bucks have a lot of film on him from his time in Carolina and the That's Bucks a great point. And the Bucks defense is pretty good. So I wouldn't be surprised if he can't utilize DJ Moore, what's he going to go to Darn to, uh, Darnell Mooney? Is this game in Tampa? It's in Tampa. It's oh Tampa. my god, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. It's going to be hot as yeah, fuck the out Bears there too. Bears at Tampa. Oh. Good luck. All right. Um, oh, shit, dude. We're supposed to do power rankings one through five. I didn't do them, but I'll do them off rip. All right. All right. Um, so at number five, I will say give me the Eagles. Mm. Not a particularly great win, but they still got the dub. Um, I'm a little concerned that Jalen Hurts looked a little out of sorts. Yeah. Missing Dallas Goddard, wide open guys. Um, number four, I will say. Um, Damn, this is hard off the top. This is, is hard bad. off the top. Um, number four, who who's good? Who's who's good? Give me the Lions. Okay, they came out, beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Uh, you know, I thought that was a big respectful win. Um, obviously, um, number three, um, I will say. I'm trying to think of all the games that were played. I got to bring up the slate. Um, my bad, my bad, audience that's watching. My bad, my bad. Give me one minute. I missed it. Uh, number who? What am I on? Number three. Number three, I'll go with – give me Miami. Mm. Come out there and win a shootout against the Chargers. Yep. That's excellent. Um, and you go toe-to-toe. You go toe-to-toe with Herbert at home, when, even though it's really not a home game. And that's actually, I think, is playing a factor in that he's fucking Chargers. Yeah. They don't have a home crowd. They don't. They don't have anybody that can rally to get them back <laughs> no, in there. Every time you go there, it's like 50-50. It's like, bro. Tyree Kill was pumping up the crowd because yeah, the crowd was crazy. on his side. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. That's insane. Uh, number two, um, give me the Jaguars. Mm. Trevor Lawrence is here, bro. That team is here. Mm -hmm. I think the Jaguars are here to stay. And number one, you got to say Dallas. Oh, no. I will. I can't leave out the 49ers. I'll take the Jags off of there. I'll put the 49ers in there. They smoked Pittsburgh. Brock Purdy looks like he's the real deal. Brock Purdy looks like he's him. The I think he, he's I told making, you he was going to get better. Command of the offense. He, you have offseason elbow surgery, and you come out and play like that? At Mike Tomlin? He's going to get better. And then at number one, Dallas. To go out on Sunday Night Football opening and put out an opening statement like that and beat down your division rival, division games are supposed to be close. Right. You beat them down and embarrassed them, Dallas, number one. So my power rankings, I'm going to start from five to one. Number five, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. They didn't have an impressive win over the Colts, but they got the win nonetheless. And I love the Calvin Ridley connection with Trevor Lawrence, as I've been talking about all, all season. Number four, I got the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins went to L.A., handle business. They got a high-powered offense and a Super Bowl contending team. They did that on the road. Give me Miami at number four. Number three, I had the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys handled business. They smoked the shit out of uh, the Giants, but I need to see a little bit more because I feel like that game just completely spiraled out of control for the Giants, and Dallas is good enough to take control over that. So I want to see Dallas play a little bit better opponent. 
So I got them at number three. Uh, number two, I got the San Francisco 49ers. They completely waxed the shit out of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game was absolutely a blowout. Brandon Ayuk looked like he arrived, and he might be the best wide receiver on that team. Um, and number one, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. They got New England's best shot. They did it on the road. They did it on Tom Brady ceremony. They had Be Bill Belichick's best shot in six months of preparation. They still got the win. It wasn't pretty, but they still won. Good teams find a way to win the game, and the Eagles did that, and they will improve as the season progresses because that talent on that roster is completely loaded, and they're only going to get better. So that is my power rankings, one to five. Oh, you, you deep in your bag. I'm really deep. Yeah, you deep. Come on, fam. <laughs> All right, let's a uh, few fantasy things, and let's get out of here. We're going to run through these. Freak of the week, I got Tyreek Hill. You got Tyreek Hill? I got Tyreek Hill, bro. To do that 42 points. I know. I mean, more. what I am mean, I going to say? I, I, I'll go to it here. 466 yards, three touchdowns. This guy was excellent. I'll go to it. All right. Geek of the week. I got Dallas Goddard. Mm. He got me a zero. Cost me my week. And that was just painful. And it hurt. And this is why I hate having Eagles players on my fantasy team. Because it hit. It hurts more. It hits different. It hurts more. Yeah. And that, and I lost on a I lost a close game. And it was it was hurtful. Yeah. My geek of the week is Joe Burrow, 82 passing yards. You're the highest paid uh, uh, quarterback in NFL history, the, the highest paid player in NFL history. And you come out, you have 45% completion percentage with 82 yards against the Browns. That was my geek of the week because he, 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 he impacted so many fantasy teams with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. Like, that was an impact on why T. Higgins got a zero. So, I mean, I can't believe he had eight targets and he had a zero. Zero. I mean, we're talking about T. Higgins here. We're not talking about a guy in, like, Kendrick Bourne. Like, we're talking about T. fucking Higgins, who's a top, top, arguably a top 10 wide receiver in this league. So, for me, top 10. Yeah, I mean, so when Burrow has I mean, 82, I'm sorry. If he has 82 passing yards with two wide receiver ones, you know, geek, geek of the week. For <laughs> All right, fantasy segment before we get out of here. Scoop or poop? <laughs> Puka Nakua. I'm so, I'm scooping him, bro. He is so he bro, 15 targets <laughs> playing the Cooper Cup role. I love Puka. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm scooping too. 15 targets. No, cat. To see. no cat. And Matt Stafford actually looks sharp. Yeah. Um, Kendrick Bourne. Poop. I'm not going to scoop him up. 28 years old. I have no reason to think that he's just going to turn around at, at, at age 28. Yeah, I think he's going to have good games here and there. If you look at the last two seasons, he's always had one or two games over 90 yards and a touchdown. And I think he probably used it this game. So for a, a season-long fantasy, I'm not going to depend on Kendrick Bourne. So I'm going to call Poop. I'm a scoop here in deep leagues. Mm. I think it's okay. worth I think it's worth a flyer in a 12 or 14 man league. Fair. They don't have they don't have good skill players. It is outside of Ramondre, yeah. but it's worth it, especially with Bill O'Brien, who I think is a very good offensive mind. I think he's worth it in a in a, uh, in a deep league. Jacoby Myers. Scoop, but I'm very nervous about the concussion. Um he got actually leveled. Bro, I that was really did, bad. If when they showed the replay, he was just looking in in like right field, yep. just out of it. I he might be out two weeks. Yeah, he might be out two weeks. And 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 the way the protocols are set up, I actually agree with That's that. That's what I'm saying. But I'll scoop him up because I think there's high high potential there with this offense and the Raiders. Josh McDaniels has familiarity with Jacoby Myers in New England. I think he knows how to use them. And you also have Devontae Adams on the other side. That's going to command a lot more attention. I do like Jacoby Myers moving forward. Uh, so do I. That's a definite scoop. 
Jacoby Myers is going to be a consistent flex guy for leagues mm -hmm. for sure. Gus Edwards. I don't know what to make of this. I'm going to say poop because I don't actually know what the Ravens' plans are because they have Gus Edwards. They have that other guy. What is his name? Um, Justice Hill. Justice Hill. I know there's talks about Melvin Gordon. Like, I want nothing to do with a backfield that has Melvin Gordon on their fucking backfield. I just don't want nothing to do with it. Me, complete poop. For real, for real. Um, yeah, no, I'm out on Gus Edwards, too. And I, and I unfortunately, was a victim of J.K. Dobbins. Poop? Yeah, poop. I'm sorry. I, I, my thing with Gus Edwards, dude, is it's Gus Edwards. He was complaining about his contract. Yeah. He has a torn MCL. Right. Right. I'm not interested. Yep. Kieran Williams. I'm scooping. This guy's heat. He's really, he is really, really good. really good. And and you could just tell he is just a lot better than Cam Akers. He just he understands the offense better. He knows how to run shifty, hit the holes, shifty yeah. in and out of in and out of the lane man. and stuff like that. I'll tell you what, Still. dude. I'll tell you what, Seamus got a fucking steal with that, man. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, Kieran Williams is a scoop for me, too. He's he's, he's going to be a good fantasy player. Dude. And, and he's going to take over that backfield as the season progresses because I, I just I, – I, I didn't – I looked at Cam Akers. He had two yards of carry. The Cam Akers experiment is done. Died. And it's it, over. He's not it. Unfortunately, yes. So. I would agree with that. All right, guys. Thank you for hanging around with us for that long-ass episode, but it was all good shit. We'll Great. see you guys on Thursday at 8 p.m. Theories, take it away. Look, I know he said it was a long-ass episode, but it was packed full of heat. So we appreciate everybody rocking with us all night. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher. And all that other shit. Also follow us on all of our social platforms as you do not want to miss our daily heat on X instagram facebook and tiktok and we will see you guys this thursday at pni baby i'm caps lock different it's facts non-fiction said i black out for real then the track gone missing if it's cap i'm dipping we ain't talking about a move then it's flatline finished when i spaz i'm grinning pull a peel off in the 80s and i pass by spinning it's perks with the slate but i don't have my skinnage took a quick trip and now i'm back home winning and i see they eyes pop like i snack on spinach Pull up to the spot, she tryna grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them like I bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Way y'all tripping, it's Aruba. I realized I had to go.